so that after preaching to others, I don't lose my own way and become a castaway and become disqualified in the kingdom of God. This is what James chapter 1, starting in verse 1, says. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ and the twelve tribes of the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. The New Living Translation says, He is a person who is torn between allegiance to God and to the world. Double-minded. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit will anoint every word spoken here this morning, that you will declare vital truth, that you will share your truth in the hearts, the minds, place it in the spirits of your people, that we may receive everything from you, Lord, that you have for us this day, to enable us to walk with you, and to stand for you, and declare your victory in our lives, and experience it as we make our journey in this life. And we make it successfully for the glory of God. Amen. And amen. I was disturbed this week. Not long ago, I became aware of a great work that God is doing in a church in South Carolina. It's been going on for some time, but I was not aware of it. Someone shared it with me, and I looked it up on the internet and saw just a great testimony. God's drawing thousands of people together on this campus every week to hear the gospel, to talk the word of God. And then, less than two weeks after I discovered that, this week, someone sent me an email and I followed up and looked at it and I find out that the pastor, the lead pastor of that church had been asked to step down and leave because of his abuse of alcohol and other inappropriate things that they did not name in his life. And I was smacked hard with the message of failure. And I could not help but have flood into my memory all the failures that I've known about over the years. Some of them I've mentioned briefly here. Some of them I wouldn't have to mention. You know about them. If you've kept up with what's going on in the, in, in the, with, with the church in this world over the last few years, you know about them. The pastor of a mammoth church, several thousands of people attending in Fort Lauderdale a couple of years ago, had to step down because of his own description of his failure as a moral failure. You've seen it in the newspaper. We've seen people who've preached the gospel. 
been sent to jail. Not to jail because of preaching the gospel, because of perverting the gospel. I can name you more than one. Others who've been found to be total, completely off base scripturally in their lives, morally, I mean, spiritually, morally, totally, totally debased in their lives. And I can name some of the things that occurred. There are people today occupying the pulpit whose lives are highly questionable. And people think that they're reputable and authoritative because they see them on TV. Or, and I don't want to draw a brush or put a bad brain on everybody's on TV. I don't intend, that's not good. I don't intend to do that. I'm just saying some. Just like there's some in pulpits all around the area. You, you, will, you will go somewhere. And, and you have no way of knowing unless the Holy Spirit gives you discernment and you realize it. The life of the person that's preaching you and teaching you. I don't mean this to show to some negativity. I mean this to tell you that you need to know that you're listening to somebody who prays, somebody who seeks God, somebody who interprets the word of Scripture, and somebody who lives by that Scripture the way that anybody possibly can live with the help of the Holy Spirit and with the anointing of the Lord. Just because it's got a name of a church on the front doesn't mean it's a place that you ought to put your investment in your life. Now, with all that said, and I hope that I am not painting a picture of doubt and negativity, I am simply telling you that there's a challenge to every person to live righteously before the Lord. Some people have a higher responsibility according to the Bible than others do. The elders have a higher responsibility. The teachers and leaders, pastors, have a higher responsibility. We're saved the same way anybody else is saved. But we have an obligation to the calling of God to live righteously, to live holy. Not to live perfectly, but as perfectly as the sanctification experience of the Holy Spirit enables us to. That's where we have to live if we're going to live in the will of God and I'm speaking to myself because I said this is a message to me. I look around and I see all of these failures and, and, and it's disturbing. I know individuals over the course of my life. I could tell you things that I don't even want you to know about people who have failed. Pastors who have failed. Leaders in the church who have failed. But what I've come here to tell you today is this. It doesn't matter how many people have failed. A lot have. It doesn't how many, matter how many people. Uh, it doesn't matter as far as your life is concerned. I don't think what I want to say. As far as your standing with God is concerned. How many more people fail? does not have to affect you. And there will be more to fail. There will be those who are expected to enter into the kingdom and won't make it. And Jesus said that as clearly as he said anything else. But I am going to tell you, however many people fail, However many people don't make it, however many people start out on the journey and don't get to the end of the journey, however many people start running the race and never cross the finish line, has no need to have any effect or bearing on you. Because if you make up your mind that you're going to live for God, you start out to follow Jesus and nothing ever stops you from following Him, there's nothing that can stop you. If you make up your mind to live for God, to live rightly, and keep praying and seeking God and living in His will, there's nothing that can stop you from living the victory and coming into the victory line all 
right here, where I'm pointing, right here, I can name you the names of people who knelt right here on this kneeling pad, right here, this altar. And I know they genuinely got saved. They're not walking with God. Not the judge. I'm just saying, what well, I can look and see and know is true. They're not walking with God because they're never in church. And I don't care how you got saved. If you never go to church, friend, unless you're out in the middle of Tibet where there are no churches, you better get yourself right with God. Not trying to promote the church. Trying to promote the gospel. Tell you the truth. I know people right there. I can name them. I love them. I love them still. I, I talk to them. Some of them frequently. That doesn't get them here. It doesn't put them on the road to heaven. It doesn't give them the place that they ought to be in the kingdom of God. Because I can't do that. I can't make that happen for anybody. I can tell them, but I can't make it happen. If you've got to make that decision for yourself, you've got to live that life for yourself before God, as God helps you. And He will help you. He will give you strength in His Word and strength in His Holy Spirit. And the power of prayer, the power of God, He will give you the ability to live victoriously for Him in this challenging, confusing, and godless world. One of the verses we like to talk about often, James again, James chapter 4, verse 8. He said, draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. We like that part. It's good. But in the same verse, He said, cleanse your hands, you sinners. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. And that double-minded status is a, part, is a place that God despises. That's the lukewarm status that he spoke to the church of Laodicea about in the book of Revelation. He challenges us to stand up in faith and live victoriously for him. You sing the song. We're singing it not long ago somewhere around here. Maybe on the Wednesday night we sing it. An old song. I remember the first time I ever heard it. I thought it was the greatest song I'd ever heard in my life when I first heard it. It's called Standing on the Promises. One of the verses says, Standing on the promises I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. Trusting in my Savior as my all in all. Standing on the promises of God. Hallelujah. Some of you don't have, sometimes you don't have anywhere else to stand. You've always got God's promises. Stand on God's promises. Stand on His promises. Believe His Word. Let God give you the victory He's planned for you and prepared for you. You don't have to be a weak Christian. You don't have to be a defeated Christian. You don't have to be somebody just muddling along, trying to know I'm a Savior, I'm not a Savior. No, you don't have to live in that level and in that command. You can live in the power of the victory of God. And all you've got to do is make up your mind in the power of the Holy Spirit with a decision on the Word of God and do it. And do it. I started walking this path a long time ago. I've seen so many things I wish I'd never seen. I've heard so many things I wish I'd never heard. I know so much I wish I didn't know. But at the same time, that's happened. Praise the Lord, it must be time to church now. <laughs> it's not as some affirmations. It comes with it. So, it did, it did distract me a little bit. On this path, on this path, you make up your mind you're going to walk. I, you know, I, 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 I could not help, as I, as I thought about this, I want to say to you, that's what the Lord wanted me to say to you. I thought about it, prayed about it, I could not help but think how God first got hold of my life. Because I'm, I'm talking about 
He'll keep you from falling if you are not willing to fall. So I went through, the, I went through those, those brick walls. Of, sometimes I saw people standing up in front of me. It looked like they were arm in arm. Just as strong across the path as they could even block the way. Maybe it wasn't their plan. It's just what they were doing. And then all of a sudden I'd look up there and I'd see that God had a little crack in there. I could get through. All the way, every time, as long as you walk with God on this path of righteousness and truth, righteousness and truth and victory in Him, God will make a way for you to go all the way through. If you're not double-minded, if you're not carnal and fleshly, if you're not filled with the world, but filled with God's Word, He'll show you the way and lead you on the way to take you all the way through to victory. There's no stopping the child of God who wants to prevail. I preached not long ago on will you fail or will you prevail. And it's up to us. We'll either fail or we'll prevail. It's up to us. We make a decision. We're going to walk with God and live for God. He's going to carry us all the way through. I looked around. <laughs> I looked around here. And I'm, I'm challenged by this. I am challenged by this. I see people come to this church and walk.
had you in his hand, and he would not let go. He would not let go. And he will not let go. He's holding you today, and he will not turn you loose. You may get away from God. You may walk away from him. But I'm going to tell you this. You'll have to fight a battle with him to do it. It's not an easy thing to walk away from God. You'll have to fight a battle with God. You may win it, but you hope you won't. You better not win it. You may win it. But if you don't want to win that battle, just hold on to God. and He will keep you and keep you safe. He will bring you through everything that you're facing, every struggle, every battle, every obstacle, every complexity, every confusion. He will bring you through in victory to be able to finish this race and run it successfully for the glory of God. And that's all you're sitting out there. You're thinking of all those things you're having to deal with. Listen, friend. I want to tell this. I want to tell you this. Listen now. When that happens, listen to the voice of God. Don't listen to the Lord. Don't worry about politics. Don't be concerned about who the vice president is going to be. Who the president is going to be. Who the congressman is going to be. Don't worry about that. You can't do anything like anyway with other well, those men forget about it. Don't let yourself be disturbed by the activities or the cares of this world. Stay in tune with God. Walk holding onto His hand and keep your faith in Him. Trust Him. Trust what God's Word says, not what the news media says. Trust what God's Word says, not what the newspaper says. Trust what God's Word says, not what the Internet says. God knows, don't believe what the Internet says. Hold on to God's hand and believe what God says. Take God's Word for truth and believe it. And you'll live in victory. You'll walk in power with Him. I know, I know this. Sometimes you may listen to the wrong voice. Young people, listen carefully what I'm telling you. There's a lot of voices out there. A lot of voices. Pastor, how do I know it's the voice of God? And I'm going to take it out. But if you something telling you to be right, and trust the Lord, the devil is never going to tell you that. But Jesus did say this. He said, My sheep know my voice. And the voice of another they will not How do you know when the devil's talking to you? He's always telling you a lie. He's always telling you a lie. No matter what he's saying, no matter how good he makes it sound, it's a lie. Because he has not able to tell the truth. You listen to God. Listen to the voice of God in your heart, in your mind. Let your spirit commune with God. You walk with God and live in his word and prayer. And God will show you, this is my word and this is my way. And you will be able to walk in it. There's nothing that can draw you off this path of victory with the Lord if you stand firm with Him. In every way, stand firm with Him. I know some of you feel like I'm just doing what I'm doing. I'm going to give you the answer to all the things that you do. I do not think, I do not promise you, I cannot promise you that God James said, Count it all joy, my brothers, 
when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Now, I don't know if you interpret this as I do. But I interpret that as being you may go into the trial, but if you hold on to God, He'll bring you out of the trial. You may have to face death. I face death. I look back on my records not long ago, and I, re- I saw that on Fe- February 15, 1988, I began treatment for, for acute promyelocytic leukemia. And the doctors told my family and told me, this is the kind of leukemia that we think we can cure. But the treatment is so aggressive, we may kill you while we find the cure. So then they gave me all kinds of bad things that would all likely would happen. They didn't have to be my mother's happened without the having done So out of all of that, God brought me through. God healed me. God delivered me. That's been what's thank you. I don't have that way. And I don't have any signs of anything like that. I go to the doctor regularly. They test my blood. They check it all the time. I have no signs of any routine. There's a reason for that. Because God's greater than cancer. That's why God's greater than cancer. Hallelujah. Isn't he? Any kind of God's greater than all. And I'll tell you this, I cannot say that you don't know what you're talking about. But I will tell you this. I'm not going to say that God will get you to trust him for a while. I'm ask Daniel. I am going to tell you, ask Daniel again. He'll bring you out. They have to go into the fiery furnace. That's the three Hebrew boys. They'll tell you you may have to, but they'll also say, yeah, but God will bring you out. In the dungeon of despair, sickness, defeat, poverty, whatever is in the dungeon. Joseph was in the dungeon. Peter was in the dungeon. I won't say you won't have to be there, but I will tell you, if you're there, keep your faith in God. He will bring you out. I don't know that you won't have to get in the storm, too. You may get in the storm. You may have to face the shipwreck. As the disciples were crossing over the city of Galilee, they were afraid that the storm was so bad, they were afraid they were going to die in the storm. As the apostle Paul was shipwrecked three times. The last time he was shipwrecked, and he was put up by the waves, put up on the Isle of Malta. I won't tell you that you won't have to go through the storm, but I will tell you this. God knows where the dry land is, and he will bring you out. It doesn't matter what you're in. God will bring you through it if you trust in him. If you believe him, let God give you the victory, and that victory will always be some great, great passages in the Bible, the Psalms in particular. Read Psalm 25. We get sometimes Psalm 23. We want to just stay on that. Read Psalm 25. This is one of the things that we said in Psalm 25. I think it's the verse 15. So I'm going to say it wrong. Psalm 25, 15. The psalmist said, My eyes are heaven toward the Lord. For he will pluck my feet out of the net. The New 
rescue you. Whatever you're in, whatever situation you're facing, whatever your complexity is, whatever it is that takes you down or pulls on you, that net is entangling you. But if you put your faith and trust in Him and live before Him righteously, God will pluck your feet out of the net and He will give you the victory, the ultimate, the final, total victory. You can live strong until you finish this race and live it in victory for the glory of God. I started walking this, 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 this path I've been talking about a long time ago. And, and I will confess to you that there are times that I was just feeling my way. It was dead. But I also will confess to you that if you keep your trust in God, He will not let you lose your way. If you keep your trust in God, He will not let you lose your way. Almost 10 years ago, I was, I was retired, and, and, and I really started to feel a burden of my life. I'm not just saying I felt like I, I, I just felt like I did not want to live my rest of my life doing nothing. In the period of time when I retired, I had friends of mine who were coming in and inviting me to preach. Several. One of my friends in Tallahassee kept asking me to come over and preach for him. I kept saying I would. And I feel better about it. I finally died for him. But I never did. But I felt like I was a part of the story. People came to me and said, well, why don't you do a TV program? I've done a lot of them. I said, I don't want to get on TV. I don't think I've got to say what everybody else is saying. I don't have anything to do with everybody else saying the same thing. I would be saying that. So I made all those excuses. I had a right to retire. I had a right to sit back and look back. If you're retired, I'm not casting his version. Don't misunderstand me, please. God bless you for that. I'm just simply saying God got hold of me and wouldn't let me stay where I was. So I walked along that path and I, I didn't know anything to do, but finally, finally, after all this time, I wouldn't go preach for anybody if they asked me. Finally, they stopped asking. I don't blame them. I could have called somebody and said, I'd like to go preach for you. They would have had me, but I never did that. I never did it one time. Because I didn't care about doing it. And then, when God really got hold of my heart, and I knew it before somehow that God started dealing with me again, and I saw the light shine on that path again. I saw it right over the head before, but I didn't know what God wanted. I didn't know what God wanted to tell me, what He wanted me to do. But I prayed night, as I prayed morning and night, and saw God and waited on God. Finally, God did. I'm not going to tell you all that, but most of you know, some of you don't know. Sometimes I'll get that whole thing, but how God picked me up and put me in on his part. God is so funny sometimes. <laughs> you know, you just have to sometimes hold your, hold your sides to keep from splitting the sides while you're laughing. Well, God does. So, but God picked me up and put me in on his part, and that's why we're all here today. I want to sit not because of what Bill Register has done. God forbid. No, but because of something God does. Because of something God does. And I say that to take you this with encouragement. When you think that God may be through with you, there's nothing left for you to do. But you're still breathing. You're still living. You're still here. I want to tell you, God is not yet through with you.
aside from the things that the enemies appear in you to do. Don't live in confusion and uncertainty and doubt. Recognize God still has a plan for you. It may be right here, it may be somewhere else, it may be right here, but there is a place in this kingdom of God for every single person who wants to serve Him and live for Him and come out at the end of this race in victory. There's a place. 